featuring Diderio's proprietary NY steel wire and our impossibly thin protective coating. XS Electric lets you bend further and play longer with a sound that stays timeless. This is Chris Keys for from your guitar. I'm hanging out at Bridgestone Arena with Mr. Zach Meyer. Zach, how are you doing? Again, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Last time was Iowa. Now I've relocated to Nashville. You're a Tennessee guy. This is old news for you. That was nine years ago. I, I know. Well, we both had a lot more hair. Nice. Yeah, bro. I'm, <laughs> you're, you're telling me. <laughs> We're not here to talk about my follicle uh, reduction. We're here to talk <laughs> gear. Let's uh, talk about kind of the one that might get you right. in trouble. I, I don't not. know if it's going to get me in trouble or not. So this is a pink John Mayer uh, Silver Sky, but it was not originally pink. It was white. And I I had it painted pink before he released the pink, the pink guitar. One. And I don't know if it was him that was upset. I'll just say someone was upset. Someone out there. I'm not saying it was you, John. <laughs> but someone was upset that I had my own white guitar painted pink and I got I got a phone call that was upset it was an upset phone call I'll say uh, and I they were like well you know what if we what if other artists want a pink guitar and you have one I'm like well I feel like I might be a little you know, I yeah I might have done a couple things for this company in the past you know I feel like over the years it, you yeah. know yeah like so it was very upsetting to some people I don't know Listen, me. I've I've been with PRS 25 years now. I have the greatest relationship of all time with all of them. Um, I love you, Bev. She's gonna be so mad that I told the story. But I don't know. Listen, I don't know if it was her. Someone was upset. That's all we know. We didn't say who it was. But so someone got very white. upset. It was a white guitar. You sent it somewhere to get painted. I sent it to my friend John McLaughlin, who did okay. it. Um, he, he does great relic jobs. He's done a couple other guitars for me before. Got it. And um, honestly, it, it looks. So it looks seem like it's a heavy relic. We'll say. Listen, if John wants to get mad. I basically just copied the black one. Yeah. That's really all I did. That's all it was. It's 63, yeah. It's exactly the same. If you look, it's exactly the same. I've never told anybody that. But if you're a Mayor fan, you can probably tell. Identify that. Yeah, so yeah, that's what it was. But yeah, I'm not saying John was upset. I'm just saying somebody was upset. It's probably John. I don't know who it was. I wonder if it was more the pink or the, the it relic. It was the pink. Oh. If anybody would have been upset about the relic, it was Paul. Because Paul does not like relic guitars. Man, you're just firing off. I'm just, I'm just who can I make mad? <laughs> How many people can I make mad in one day? One video. That's, yeah. We're going to do it. Oh, we're going to do it. Yeah. So this is the pink. So that's a this special is, one. This is a special one, yeah. When do you actually play that? Is there a song? This is on Monsters. Okay. Yeah, so. Which is a good name, you know. Monsters for uh, 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 You're a monster real, yeah. of a human. <laughs> I guess. Here we got another guitar. All right. This one's really special this to me. This one's going to turn out pink, I bet. I'm going to paint this one pink, yeah. Um, no, so I'm a I'm a big sneaker guy. I'm a big fashion guy. I've always been into certain designers, and there's a, uh, a man by the name of Virgil Abloh who um, just passed away recently. He was uh, he started a company called Off White. He was one of the original Yeezy designers, and then he became the the head of men's for uh, Louis Vuitton. And then he, he he basically fought cancer, didn't tell anybody but his family. Passed away kind of quietly, and it left a lot of people with a big hole in their hearts. Was me, I loved him. And, I got to meet him a couple times and 
I, I reached out to him through my Jordan contacts and said, you know, I would love for you to design a guitar. I know it's going to cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. I don't care. It would be great if you could do it. And then didn't hear anything. And literally two months later, he sent me the design for the guitar. Didn't charge me for it. Wow. And so, like, this is this is a one of one. Very special to me if anybody's into fashion or anything like that. But um, he's known for kind of, like, putting obvious labels on things. So he did guitar here. He did switch. The original version had, like, volume, tone, like, all labels. It was very busy. Yeah. And then he put the old the tag that he does on them. And then on the back, he did uh, oh cool off-white for PRS guitars. See him signature. So, yeah, this was this one's a... This one's super cool. And this is the kill switch, the old video game button kill switch. Yeah. He always does one piece in orange on everything. So, uh, I as soon as I made this guitar, people were going like, "Oh, uh, Buckethead, Buckethead." I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen Buckethead's guitar. Yeah. I don't know that he has a kill switch. I didn't know. He that does, he did. and it's a, yeah, it's a white Les Paul. And is it a video game button? I don't think it's that. No. Okay. Let's say that's what they were like. Like, oh, I'm like, I've never seen Buckethead's guitar. I don't. I can't. I can't comment on that part of it. But yeah, it definitely has a I, white well, Les Paul. Apparently. Well, this isn't a little response. So you're pissed off Buckethead. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go for somebody else. Do I have an Aldi Miola around here? <laughs> um, this is a, that's, and that guitar is on Cut the Cord. Okay. Um, this is another uh, great artist, uh, L.A. street artist by the name of Joshua Videz, who I, I sent this to him, and he painted it. He does, like, um, he's done, like, MLB and NBA All-Star games. Like, he'll paint the whole locker room. Oh, rad. And it's very 2D. And he's done cars for people before. Really wild stuff that he does. And he just did like a Fendi collection, which is all right, it's a little fancy. Sorry, I didn't mean to get too fancy. It's out of my um, price range. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm not trying to buy it either. But he painted this one for me, which is really cool. It looks kind of like a, a giant cartoon piece. And uh, yeah, I dig this one a lot. The neck is really like, feel, if you, it's like there's paint on it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel like, if you're like, I'm not trying to be Mark Holcomb over here. You know what I mean? I, I'm not as <laughs> good as one. Mark. Well, me and Mark are friends, so it's fine. Not Mark anymore. knows not I'm anymore. not anymore. <laughs> Who else can I? Uh, no, I, I can't play as good as Mark. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't care if there's paint on the neck. <laughs> Who else? Who else do we got? Uh, <laughs> that's that. And then I'm gonna give you guys the dream because I'm the. Mo- you guys, we've done this so many times. Like he he's, says, he's a boring human. Come on. I'm boring and You're also charismatic. I have literally the greatest guitar tech to ever live as my guitar tech right now. We were so. uh, out here earlier waiting for Soundcheck to rap and he was rocking Hashpipe and uh, Jimmy at World. He did, he nails the solo, solo to the middle. Yeah. He nails the solo. <laughs> I got a video of it. No, he, he, I have the greatest tech ever. So I just, but I did, I, I we hung out earlier and I yeah. felt weird. Like, I don't like the ones where like the artist never shows up. Well, the ones <laughs> I don't like are when the artist leaves early. That's, so this oh, one. man. Uh, now I'm making other people mad. <laughs> Two more people you pissed I off. I can't win, guys. That's I can't win, guys. Thanks, right buddy. Right, I love to see you, man. guys. I'm going to go hang out with my kids. All right, let's talk to Drew. <laughs> All right, Drew's here now. You got the great handoff from uh, Zach. So. Uh, he's, he, he likes to lie to me all the time, but I appreciate it. I'll take it. At so. least he does not to your face. I know. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Except when I'm turned around. <laughs> he does that too. Yeah. Well, let's talk guitars. All right. So uh, a couple more guitars that we haven't gone through. Um, this one is uh, the Paul model, the limited edition. Um, this one is used on Get Up. Uh, it's tuned to uh, double drop D, basically. Um, so he'll have this on a strap and this acoustic here on a Gracie stand uh, and he'll play them both at the same time. So, um, you know, some songs there's two guitars, some songs it's just one, but a lot of two song guitars, um, but it works itself out. But yeah, this one is just double D here and uh, 
has 10 to 49s on it. Um, kind of like a hybrid there. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really play the low strings on this for get up. It's kind of the high string. So it's really only important that this string's uh, tuned to D and 7E. Okay. But standard other than that. But uh, really awesome sounding guitar. And typical PRS fashion, beautiful wood. Yeah, and you finish. know, he's got the custom cool little little add-ons there for fret markers that he does on some of his guitars. Um, this guitar here is a Dusty Waring model. Um, it's an awesome guitar, super hot ceramic pickups, um, super thin neck, 24 frets, so it's different profile. Most of Zach's guitars are 22 frets, uh, so this one's kind of unique to that bunch, but having the ceramic uh, pickups, this guitar shreds and Dusty, you did a heck of a job designing this one, man. Um, killer guitar. Yeah, uh, I love the knobs in that too. Yeah, yeah, this, one, this one's used on How Did You Love. Um, yeah, sick guitar, it's heavy super heavy as you see drew pulling out all these guitars you'll see guitar picks at the top and you off camera you're telling us that you will switch up guitar pick texture uh, size yeah so he has a bunch of designs made um they kind of every tour is different every we have city picks so every city has its own pick i put those on the mic stands uh, but for the guitars i just have bags of generic picks uh with different designs they're different materials, thicknesses, whatever. Some of them are like the material sticks up. Some of them you can't feel it. He's just like kind of surprised me. So every night <laughs> I kind of make it kind of match. And we, he was talking about the Virgil guitar earlier. So I have Virgil self-portrait and the off-white pick. So I kind of pick a theme. Uh, the new album's Planet Zero. So I'll go through and pick like different colors. But I have pink, green, purple, white, uh, perloid picks, you name it. I have everything. So every night I just kind of choose a theme and kind of go with it and he's never yelled at me for it i so. love that he has like he he encourages the curveballs where some guys were like i gotta have this or yeah that. i mean he's playing he's playing 21 guitars a night so i mean i he it's not like he likes adversity or anything you know yeah, he right. likes the same thing all the time no i mean yeah it, it's it's fun for me too because i just kind of get a throw on there whatever if like feel like going green tonight we'll go green or yeah. pink or purple you know so um this guitar, this one's cool. This is kind of one of his newest guitars. This is the 594 McCarty model. Um, we're actually using this one um, uh, with a coil tap on it. So this one, I kind of rearranged the knobs because it this comes kind of less Paul model style okay. wiring. So I just rewired everything to BPRS style. So mm -hmm. um, the cool. knobs are in the right place for that. Um, but yeah, this one is, uh, we're using this on Saints of Violence to kind of start the show with this one. but. Uh, really cool Man, guitar and, yeah. and I mean all his guitars are pretty awesome PRS makes fantastic guitars and you know I know because I get to work on all of them and and fix them up uh, you know when something goes out or you know but, that one's striking with the like the way it fades and then also the fretboard yeah this one's called Sweet Tea it's a really awesome guitar um, really heavy I mean feel that one it's pretty heavy oh yeah you know it, this one feels like a Les Paul but it it, it it plays much better you know it, it really does it's really awesome guitar so um, the next guitar is a really cool, really cool um, Santana model. Um, I want to say it may be the world's only semi-hollow uh, Santana model. I may be wrong on that. Uh, Carlos, you can confirm that. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but it has elephant inlays. Uh, Brent's favorite animal is an elephant. So Zach kind of had this guitar made for Brent. Um, and, and we're using this one on what are we a second chance so uh again he'll use he'll use the gracie acoustic and this one uh for a second chance but again a really awesome sounding guitar um but most most zach's guitars signature model and stuff have the the hollow body on it and it's just kind of become 
part of his tone, but it's some, some nights with the high gain in the PA, like on this tour, they're actually playing in front of the PA. So some nights I have to mess around with the gates live. Yeah. And I'm fighting it just to, so he can run around and not have the squeal, but we, we tame it pretty well, but these do sound fantastic. Now, are so. you changing strings like every show? So every, uh, every two songs. So I, I have a rotation with 21 guitars. I try and do half one day, half the second okay. day. So yeah, I'm, I'm more or less it's, it's every two shows. I just, if it, if I'm here, why not? Right. So, uh, I just want everything to be consistent all the time with Zach because, uh, we have a, we do have a pretty complicated guitar rig and, uh, there's so much that could be wrong with it if, if, at any given point with digital analog systems yeah. and DIs and, and, and you know, you, and ISO cabinets, you name it. So if the strings are consistent, it's one less thing I have to worry about all the time. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it, it just helps the guitars play much better, you know? And sometimes he'll stomp on them out there. Like I'm 45, he'll throw the guitar down. I've seen him surf on it, you know? And he, you know, PRS makes solid guitar, you know? He literally stands on it, lifts his foot up on the neck and He'll surf on them. Oh, <laughs> definitely have to change the strings he's after testing those. out the craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that guitar, this guitar is used on 45. Um, this guitar, I think, has been with him a really long time, uh, and it is the the sound of, of 45. There's it's the only guitar he has that sounds like this uh, with these pickups, and and uh, he'll, this is kind of one of the guitars he uses the actual pickup selector to go through the selections on it starts the song on the neck for the clean and all right goes to the bridge for the dirty so awesome another super cool guitar for 45 and i imagine as we go through all these these are all stock prs pickups they uh they are except for i think two of them um which i replaced uh to give it a different vibe just for different specific songs mm -hmm. um, but yeah they are uh, if they're not prs pickups they're duncan's okay so pretty simple um but uh this one here is Remember uh, he had this one the last time we talked yeah to him. so he's had this one for a while and, like and the buck owens one <laughs> yeah so this guitar is used on unity um again one of the only 24 fret guitars we have out here uh but the the amps that we're choosing on this one are kind of like an ac30 type guitar so uh it's got the coil tap here That's and stuff like that ask, okay. um he doesn't use it all the time but sometimes he'll go for it uh, like if it's on the neck and do solos but uh this guitar sounds fantastic for like a super voxy style tone um with this longer scale length and stuff like that but uh it's a, it has that shredder neck on it for you know bending all the notes but yeah th this one's on unity so really cool guitar as well yeah it's, it a statement piece it, it, yeah <laughs> if you're shy about guitars you're not gonna want to play something like this so i i mean with all the colors they i mean he's like do i have too many guitars and i'm like i was like yes but no at the same time like you should play the rainbow like let's get them all so yeah i think he's um testing my theory out on that one uh this is the new uh martin uh, j40 that he got um for this run uh this is the simple man guitar um that we're using out here and we're also using it on the new single um, from the Planet Zero album, uh, um, Daylight. So uh, really cool, awesome sounding acoustic. Um, everything's run on wireless with Zach too. So uh, I'll get to that when we get to the rig, but um, I literally Velcro the packs to the back of the acoustic so we can walk around, not on the straps. Okay. I put painter's tape so it doesn't ruin the finish and then stick the Velcro there. And I just Velcro the pack. so. He can just run around that way it's not on the strap and because if i'm going for a gracie stand yeah. or a strap 
you know, you don't want it to be stuck to the strap, so. And for the acoustics, whether it's one on the stand or the one you're holding here, what uh, strings is he using for this? So these are elixir strings on these. He likes the elixirs. Uh, these are uh, 11 to 52s, um, kind of a lighter gauge. Yeah. Uh, this is tuned to standard. Uh, the other one is tuned half step down. I will sometimes either throw a capo on it to mix it up or tune it up, depending on what the set list is. If I have time to retune the whole thing, I will. If not, I'll just throw a capo, capo. on it. Sometimes they're back to back and I can't go half step with the super loud. I'm stuck behind the subs every night, so it's hard to get the acoustics really fast. But if there's a song or two in between, we can we can tune them up. If not, we'll just throw a capo on it. And he was cool with that, so. All right, but, we'll keep on moving. I'll move yeah, down yeah. line here. So this guitar here, this is kind of a custom take on his signature model. Um, an early version of it. I think the top was darker blue too, but they uh, sanded it down to have more of the blue jean type uh, color. So this one's actually called blue jean. Um, this one is used on enemies and this one is tuned down to uh, D standard. So a whole step down. Uh, this has 11 to 52s on it. Uh, that's the heaviest gauge of string he uses. Okay. Um, but yeah, just as D standard. And uh, uh, actually, this one has Peter Frampton's signature on it. He put a piece of tape over there years ago, and it's still on there. It hasn't... That's rad. <laughs> hasn't faded, and the tape hasn't come off. I probably just jinxed that, but um, sorry, Peter. It but, makes uh, sense, you know, triple triple humbucker. Yeah, that's, that's that, was, Peter the, that was the inspiration behind this one. Uh, so when he saw Peter, and they were in the same room, he's like, hey, can you sign this guitar? It's kind of like really what it's based on. So yeah. this was, you know, he wanted something cool like that. So... Yeah, so how cool is it to have the guy inspired the guitar sign it, so. And yeah, that's the enemy's guitar. Now, as you dig out the next guitar, do you ever turn around real quick and get freaked out by all the Michael Myers masks? No, but the number one question I get asked all the time is like, oh, dude, those guys wear those masks all the time. And, and I'm like, no, no, they don't. But the real Michael Myers comes out to the shows and sometimes wants to wear them. Totally not true. However, <laughs> he did come to the show last night, which was funny. And we were like, should we ask him? He's like, no, we can't ask him because it, it's a serious thing, you know, yeah. but it was, it was funny just to have them there. But yeah, I get asked all the time, like, do they wear those? And so I'm just starting to tell people, yes. Why but not? No, he doesn't wear them. It, you know, his real name is Michael Myers. So Zach's middle name. And, yeah. You know, um, it, it's just become a thing. These are as important to the show as the guitars, you know, it, it, it it's a vibe thing in the guitar world for Zach and, and it definitely helps create the vibe with having four weird scary masks up there so <laughs> but stagehands all the time look over like oh i thought someone was watching me because yeah, yeah. like, it's creepy like if you're moving around and you're kind of setting stuff up and then all of a sudden pops their head up like what's up <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that not my life bro <laughs> my ticker can't take it uh, well, let's move on so this guitar is called scorpion and this one's used on bully um this one also Man. has the uh, uh, 11 to 52s on there. Uh, this is tuned to drop C sharp. Um, That's Carmely goodness. It is, it's an odd, I mean, PRS has the best finishes on the planet, hands down. Um, but the necks feel fantastic too. Uh, just again, really, I mean, that that's probably the heaviest guitar he has. It, it weighs more than probably the heaviest Les Paul you can find. Um, so much so that the straps just keep wearing out on this like he has little bungee straps and they just keep wearing out But this yeah, this one's used on bully um, It's super heavy tone on this one as well stock PRS pickups on this one uh, Let's see Amber this one is uh, uh, currently not being used tonight. This is uh, played on save me this whole guitar is maple um, Everything on it solid uh, maple body solid top 
maple fretboard, maple neck. Even maple binding? Uh, even maple, yeah, it's just because it's the solid top, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, this, this thing weighs a ton as well, but it has an actual, you know, it's maple, so it's really bright, so it works really well on the song Save Me. Um, this one has, uh, it's like perloid inlays, which are really cool, something unique, uh, black outline perloid birds. But really, really cool guitar. Um, don't see many all maple guitars. Uh, just to contrast it real quick, uh, this guitar is used on State of My Head. It's also all maple, but it's chambered, so super yeah, light. You can tell it's a little yeah. different too. Um, it just has the cutout and the belly cutout there too. But uh, again, a really, really cool guitar from PRS. Um, this thing sounds great. It's more like a, more a classic tone, I guess you'd say. Not, it's not so high output on the packs and the, and the presets or whatever, but okay. uh, it, I mean, smooth, creamy. This guitar is pretty awesome, so. And They're then stunning. this one here is the Zach Meyer's new signature model. And this one happens to be the prototype. So this is prototype number two. Um, uh, this is played on fly on the inside. And uh, this one he has, so some nights he'll have uh, a kid in the crowd and, and Zach's just one of the coolest bosses you can have. If he sees a kid in the crowd and he wants to give away a guitar that night, he'll say, you know, grab the spare you know one and that just means one of the guitars that his signature is from the box mm. just pull it out give it to that kid you know and most of the nights i'll have one set up in the vault so if he wants to give it out right then he'll, he'll say i'll play it and then i'm gonna give it to that kid so some nights i don't know if i'm giving him this one or that one out of the box i just set it up and we'll go that night so but yeah he does what a cool literally for a kid. yeah he literally plays the guitars that he sells so i and they're fantastic signature guitars but the new blue color with the matching headstock is his new signature. But uh, again, really super cool guitars. Well, should we move on to the rig? Yeah, let's, a, a let's go of, to the rig. elaborate situation here. Yeah, Just yeah. talk us through it. You got the Axe Effects, you got a Fryettes. Let's uh, talk to me about the signal chain and how it's all operating. All right, so the whole rig is kind of a hybrid digital analog uh, crystal rig. Um, <laughs> it's very complex, but simple at the same time. So it starts with the Axe Effects. I have a main and a spare Axe Effects. Um, wireless, there's four uh, wireless, three are electric, one is acoustic. Uh, I color code them and I have a switcher here uh, for the, the multi-selector whirlwind and then it has an extension foot switch towards the stage which I can hit. Okay. Um, it goes from there, uh, I'm taking the AES digital out into an atomic clock so we can spread everything because the rig's full stereo. Mm. Um, for it to be sounding as fat and full with a stereo rig digitally, we send it, convert it analog, and then we send it back. And then from there, we're using uh, IRs off the Axe Effects left and right. Um, those go to two Neve DIs. And then from there, um, we're taking it out to a Fryette power amp. Uh, we're using the 252s. I have a main and a spare of that. And then I'm running two ISO cabinets and two aux boxes in parallel left and right. So I have one aux box on the left, one ISO cabinet on the left, one aux box on the right, ISO on the right. And they're in parallel so uh, we can keep the amp running at eight ohms and, and I got 16 ohm ISO and 16 ohm um, aux box, but if one goes down, I can still run it safely eight into 16. That's so a lot of horsepower. It's a lot of horsepower. So the, the aux boxes are mono, so uh, they're set up identical uh, in there. Um, but the way it works is in the ISO cabinets, there's two mics in each ISO cabinet. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's total eight channels of guitar uh, he's the only guitar player, so we wanted to be able to time delay certain things and 
So in an in the arena for these arena shows, we're we're literally time basing everything. That's why I have the clock and and stuff like that, um, the master time clock, um, just to bring everything, keep it tight and, and and full sounding. And but yeah, and then there's two pedal boards. Um, he has his main pedal board out on the stage. Um, when the pyro's around him or he he can't get to the board or if he's way out front, I'll switch it to my board. I have a, a pedal that allows me to switch from his pedal board to my pedal board okay. and a kill button to kill them both. But I'll do his waz and whammies when he can't get to his board. So uh, he trusts me enough How to do that. How does that type of communication happen? Or you just see him and you know when to do that or does he give you a look? Well, when I first started, I was learning the songs and, and kind of he's like, okay, you're going to do it on this song. So it was a planned thing. So mm -hmm. now it's become, since we've done a, quite a few shows now, um, it's more of a feel like if he's out there and I know it's supposed to be a wide, he's not anywhere close to it, I can hit it. Mm. Um, or if it's going to be something uh, at the end of the show where I need to re-engage his board because Eric will come over and mess with all his settings at the end of the show. So I'll make sure that his board's on. But most of the time it, it's uh, it's preset of when I'm going to do it, but there are times where he just can't get back or, or just literally there's obstacles in the way like fire, big bangs. You know, this show's incredible. So. Uh, lots of stuff going on on the stage, so it's a fail-safe. I can kill that board and, and it won't hurt a signal, and I can kill this board too and it won't hurt the signal. So tell me about the different like kind of patches that you're using for the Axe FX and what Zach's you know using on stage. Of course, so yeah, so the Axe FX we're using it as a preamp, uh, running it through the Fryette as, as a power amp, which powers the aux boxes and the cabinets. Okay. But um, the amps I'm using in the Axe FX are uh, anywhere from AC15, AC20, AC30. I got Bogner's, wow. Marshall's, uh, Diesel's, uh, Mesa's. It's kind of kind of whatever the song requires. Uh, some of them I'm running two amps at the same time uh, for a clean and dirty kind of weird tone. Uh, some uh, have clean and dirty in them. Like I got Fender Deluxe reverbs and stuff like that. So it, it makes sense for us to use a digital preamp, but the rest of the rig is literally analog. Um, going straight through to the speakers and stuff yeah. like that. So we are using a digital preamp for the effects and the, and the pre-gains, but the core tone is the Fryettes the into, in, into Oxboxes, into the, into the ISOs. But yeah, it, it is a massive machine how it works together. Um, as you can see, it, you know, it's a refrigerator rig. We call yeah. it more technology than what we sent, you know, the first man on the moon on. So. <laughs> And it just does guitars. And then up top, <laughs> then up top, you what you don't have out front for him, but you have here is the FC12. I have the FC12 here. He has the FC6 out there. Um, when I inherited the rig, the 12 was already here, uh, and he wanted a small board out front just to kind of so he can mess through while they're learning the songs and learning the set and mm. what's new going to be playing. And as we were programming, so. Uh, I have it here. Uh, I run my laptop live as well uh, off the Axe FX because I'll jump him to presets uh, so he can immediately start. Because uh, with video, uh, a lot of the shows on timecode, which does switch my channels. So uh, a lot of the, a lot of the songs are done by timecode with video to the channel su switching on the on the rig. Man. Um, so that part is the complex part of programming all the all the channel switches and, and, and make sure every hits on the, the, on the same, yeah. yeah so once the song goes it, it's going you know so you have to he has to be on at the song there's no like <laughs> uh where are we in the song no you have to know so it, it's very it's very intense on that but uh yeah so i'll jump him to a preset um uh so he can just start playing like an intro or a jam or something like that and then when the time code hit it, it doesn't glitch it so uh, that's the only reason why i have the laptop there and i will uh, live edit gates and stuff like that depending on what rooms what we're in because on this tour uh, the, they're actually in front of the PA which is really weird um, if you take your ears out there's you can hear the delay so it's really 
it took a lot of practice to to and rehearsals for this tour just to figure out hey how am i going to play with this when i hear the pa after i hit the notes so, yeah yeah it's really weird but it, it works out great you know the in-ear mix is great so and the only thing else that you had mentioned maybe on the board that i know that is out front is the fc6 he has a wah that either can be trilled by you or him out front and then uh i think a whammy right yep you have the digitech whammy five um awesome pedal nothing really sounds like it i mean there, it, the axe has its own version of it but I mean, we, we switch through the, the, the lows and the high octaves on that for, for a lot of stuff, different solos or whatever like that. But again, something that I, I'll do the high whammies for the song Enemies back here. Um, he'll do like Bully and all that stuff on the low octaves. Um, so yeah, it, it just, we're kind of scrolling the knob around and stuff like that. But yeah, everything we have is fully functional, versatile. It can go with any song. Like we're using all the guitars. All of them are mains. There's no spares. Yeah, that's what the first question we asked when we pulled over here and checked it out. We're like, so backups? You're like, no. Yeah. So yeah, but the thing is, so I've color coded all the wireless. So it, it, within the set, like if he's playing a drop D guitar, I know if that one goes out, I got this one as a spare ready to go. I mean, because they're all ready to go at any time. Mm -hmm. So um, like the other night I had literally a wireless uh, cable just went bad, it happens, you know? And so I just ran out and threw him a new guitar and it was live already. I just hit the switch on the way up there. That's an oxymoron. A wireless cable goes bad. I know, I know. <laughs> Technology. You're right. I, it, it, you know, with, with, with all this stuff, it, it, you're bound to have something go wrong. You're on tour, it gets bounced around in a truck, yeah. but literally that's why I'm here. You know, no one's perfect, gear's not perfect, and that's why we have techs. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. I love my job. So, well, Drew, we yeah. love you for doing Pleasure, it. Pleasure, man. Thanks Appreciate for having us. We're going to go talk to Eric. Hell yeah. All right, we're here with Eric. Eric, talk to us about your gear. You got a whole cavalcade of bases. So, I do I have more bases than, than one person needs, probably for a whole show. <laughs> but, but that's, uh, uh, you know, and when you're a kid, man, like you grow up, you want to. You know, it's 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 effing cool to see dudes putting on different guitars every song. You You're know, a I, rock could, star. I could I could probably play a whole show with three basses, <laughs> but we've got all of this just because you know because you can. That's why you do it. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a signature model with Prestige. That's awesome. Guitars and uh, you know I uh, traditionally I played like uh, you know Music Man style basses a lot throughout the years. You know, double coil pickups and just kind of what I settled on when I started playing. Yeah. Um, but I, in my mind, I was always like, what's the coolest bass like, that, you, that, that I've always loved? And I always thought, ever since I saw uh, Robert DeLeo playing like a 51P bass style mm. bass, like a Tele bass, you yeah. know? I'm like, that's just the coolest thing, man, you know? So I decided to kind of make a switch over with that when I got with Prestige and sort of did my own take on, on that wow. 51P bass style. Um, I mean, we swept the back, yeah. back a little bit just to make it a little different. I remember I put it in... Uh, Put it in Photoshop and just started messing around with the body. The shape, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also the headstock, kind of a reverse Bernie ball, you know, up top. Um, but also something we did is I was so used to playing double coil pickups where my thumb would rest on the, on the, on the, on the bass. So we basically, we, for the thumb rest on the basses, we took the, the edge of a double coil and just made that the thumb rest. Because what <laughs> happens is, like, I would, I would try these flat thumb rests and I'm so used to kind of throwing my bass around and having and my using thumb that is at the pivot point in that pocket where I could do things with it, and the minute that wasn't there, I was <laughs> I was all, all over the place. Yeah, so we uh, Hoogie here uh, helped me kind of design that. We tried a couple different things. We just ended up settling. Why don't we just put the edge of a just cut out the edge of a double coil pickup and put it in exactly the same spot that it would be on an Ernie ball, so that it doesn't like when I if I don't look down, I don't know I'm not playing something I'm used to. Yeah, but I get this style of bass that I think is just. Uh, really rad and, and cool and um, we actually went we ended up going with a, a J bass 
uh, radius on the neck. We tried a few different things. I I tend to like a really chunky neck. Mm -hmm. I also like the, the, the thinness of a J-Base neck as well. And it's a little weird to talk about worlds. those two things. But, you know, I, I just thought that at the end of the day, for most players, having a big chunky neck probably wouldn't be something that would appeal to them. Yeah. And so we went with this. I'm really glad we did. Um, the ones I play live, we put brass nut in. Um, the ones they sell have a bone nut. And what's the point there? Just like little dur durability or the really, sound? It's really hard to get a brass nut right in mass. Mm. You know, it's not something that you can just, you know, machine machine out and and and, and mass produce and, and send out. So, and the bone has, I mean, it's really hard to tell the difference between the sustain mm. on those two things. It's just something I've traditionally always liked as a brass nut. So. And what about the pickup? That's a Seymour Duncan. Um, that is a quarter pounder, and. You know, there's just something really great about the mid-range on a quarter pounder that I like a lot. You know, it's got a ton of depth, but to get the definition out of it, especially with the pickup being this far away from the bridge. How much like uh, R&D did you go with in terms of like getting it to this end result, or was it you know pretty much kind of as you saw it on the computer? Um, no, there were several different iterations of it. We actually okay. had uh, I got some a couple of yeah prototype-ish yeah prototype-ish body. So originally we we cut away the back. Um, swept it here. That was one of the first things we did, but I just, I liked having the double binding on it, man. I was, that was one of the things I thought was cool about the way it looks. So, yeah. So we, we, we did away with this. Um, I think this is prototype two, right? Yeah. Um, the first prototype was actually just, they sent, they, they, they'd send me stuff without the sweep and everything on it. It was just more of a normal uh, 51 style uh, uh, body. And then these were the second set that we did. Dig the knobs too. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, big chunky things. I like simplicity. I'm not, and you know, when Hoogie gives you a rundown of the rig too, man, the rig is, is super simple too. Yeah. Like I don't like a lot of a lot of bells and whistles. Um, I think if like a if an amp or a guitar has more than a couple of knobs, man, I don't really know what to do with it. So. <laughs> yeah, give a big shout out to Hipshot too. Yeah, Hipshot tuners for sure. We we put we put those on as well. Um, they uh, I put these things for a lot of abuse, uh, as you can kind of see. Uh, Dang. And. Uh, it's loving abuse, though. It's not like it's not angry abuse. But, it's out of uh, love. But these things, man, these things last and last and last. So. Um, and throughout a night, what tunings are you? I see you have them kind of plastered up on the headstocks. But yeah. How so, many different tunings you got? Um, three or four. Okay. Um, you know, we do the standard, of course. Uh, just drop. drop D, you know, just just the low string drop. Mm. Um, C sharp. Yep, C sharp, um, dropped all the way down, and then C, dropped all the way down. So. Um, Guitar-wise, some of those songs actually, like some of the acoustic guitar stuff that I play on, uh, the whole tuning is a whole step down, so it'd be like D through D. Mm -hmm. But with the bass, it's funny the way my brain works differently with the guitar. Like my, my my brain works with guitar and piano in a very note-driven way. You know, what note do I go to next? With the bass, for some reason, it means all patterns. So I can kind of have a bass tuned. I I have a tendency to tune my basses to whatever's comfortable to play. Yeah. Like in the studio, I might do some move up here on the high strings, um, but if I tune the bass a certain way, I can kind of move those moves to elsewhere, you know, because it's a pattern for me, not really. Yeah, it's a puzzle. Really notes. Yeah, so. Um, and then strings haven't changed though. Nope, strings are still my uh, my, my signature SIT strings. I think it's uh, 50 through 110, is that right? Yep, 50 yeah. through 110. And we do go a 115 on the lower tuning. The lower tuning stuff, yeah. Sharp, do you ever mess around with the five string or is it you kind of a four string guy? You know, man, I, I one of the reasons why I don't, why 
I don't play the Ernie Ball anymore. I played Stingrays for so long, and the, the neck, the nut, even on a four-string Stingray, is really wide. You know, yeah. it kind of feels like a like I'm holding a boat paddle down here. So, <laughs> so if I get to a five-string, it's the same thing. It's just I don't know. My hand, my hands it's don't. The like comfort it. thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my hands don't like it too much. So I, I will, I'll just kind of treat. I mean, how often am I going to be using the high string anyway? Yeah. Right? I mean, it, and it, it's a great thing for players that need that, like players that are that are that that uh, you know play all over the instrument and stuff a lot more than I do. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a four chords and a melody kind of guy. You know, <laughs> nothing uh, wrong with that. You're yeah. filling the bridge still, man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, here's something else too. Todd Kearns has a, a signature model with Prestige as well, and I play some of these. Um, Ooh. With a different uh, different pickup. Uh, uh, configuration because on on the new shinedown record i played a thunderbird almost the whole record um and so i was just really digging on the tone of that and so i started playing some of these and that sort of parlayed into uh where are we at yeah here taking my signature model this is another color of the signature model is the, is the, is the white and having him put that same pickup configuration in this and uh, just one knob i think these are what these are in series or parallel uh, those are uh, in parallel. Yeah, just wiring them up in parallel to where it's just one big, a huge sound. Yeah, all at once, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. We're actually toying around with maybe doing a signature model with this pickup, you know, configuration. Give people another option. Point. Yep. So no uh, thumb rest or it got ripped off. This, I, I only so when I'm doing this, I only play with the pick when I'm okay. doing this configuration. So it's just kind of I go back and forth a lot between pick and and, and fingers. So um, with this particular. The new, the, like I said, the new, the new Shinedown record, I played a lot with the pick. I didn't really go back and forth as much as I normally would. Why do you think that was? Just a change of pace? Um, when I was producing the record, I really wanted the, uh, the bass tone to be part of the guitar tone more. It wasn't just this thing that was sort of lurking in the background. It's like, this is a, when the record comes out, you'll hear it. There's this huge mid-range bump in the bass that's up there with the guitar tone. And I just, I just love the way that sounds. How did so. Zach feel about that? Oh, he loves it. Kind of creepy. He, he, loves, he, loves, he loves it when I dance all over him, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, you know, we, we, in Shinedown, we have this thing. It's it, the song is boss. You know, what does the song require? Um, and what's going to make people feel something? You know, so it does I'll play guitar on the records on some stuff. Zach will play bass on the records on some stuff. No you know, rules. We, we don't ever really talk about who did what or whatever, you know, but it's just because uh, we're just in there making a record. You, you know? guys are a team. Yep, for sure. Now I see some of that are either beat up by you or Prestige. Yeah, well, this is actually uh, beat up by some friends in Holland. Oh. Um, there's a, a company called Relic Guitars The Hague, and they're in The Hague in Holland. And uh, they make some really cool Relic stuff that I, that I enjoy a lot. That, and, that uh, is such a cool thing that yeah. used to happen to old Fenders, but now I see other companies adapting yep. that or adopting that. Yeah, and what I did is I just sent them uh, two or three of my signature models and just said, do whatever you want. You know, just surprise me. Yeah. And uh, and they did. So this is this is uh, this is probably one of my favorites that I've got for sure. Um, I enjoy this bass a lot. And then they did this one. Uh, oh, I, wow. thought that, I thought that was super super different, man. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, yeah, it's a what is that what's that painting called? Uh, the, the, the girl with the pearl earrings. Girl with the pearl earrings. Yeah, it's a famous famous, famous uh, painting in Holland. So I thought that was really cool too, man. They did a great job relicking these things. Um, I kind of. Uh, yeah, I know some people say it's like, you know, why would you fake relic something? I yeah. just, I just, even if you beat it up when it's brand new, you do it on your own, it always feels a little better to me. Yeah. I don't like super shiny brand new things. What about with the neck now that you bring that up? Is it is it a satin thing or is it smooth or is it kind satin. of... Satin, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like gloss necks at all. Yeah. 
Um, this is uh, sort of the, uh, the genesis of all of this in a way. Is my, this is a Nash. Uh, I named this Grimace. It's purple. <laughs> um, I, I had this bass for a long time. And when I was, again, when I was getting into designing the, uh, this, the signature model line, this was sort of where, where I started was with this bass. And again, the neck on this is that baseball bat, like yeah, really chunky, chunky neck. Yeah. And that's what I, 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 like I said, I tried that on some of the signature models. But uh, I think Sam Bentley from Asking Alexandria, I gave him the, the, uh, the prototype with the chunky neck on it. I think he's got that now. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I love this bass. This is probably my, one of my favorite instruments in the world, man. I could. I could play this all night and be super happy, for sure. What so. a thing, uh, fun thing to have, you know, your name attached to an instrument and then have a company that allows you to kind of go where you want with the design and the input. And that's, that's kind of uh, what, what drove me there was, uh, you know, so often, you know, it's, it's no fault of the companies, but so often it's like, we'll give you a signature model, but it has to fall in these parameters. You know, this is our brand, so we have these body styles you can choose from and you can do this pickup configuration and, you know, you kind of, held in by that and, yeah you know prestige was a company where they're like just design what you like you know let's make something brand new so i really really uh really really appreciate that with them man, and, and enjoy that part of the process for sure i see you got a couple acoustics here i know yep. there's one on stage we saw earlier yep and these are the uh some of the procedures that i play i don't i don't know if i found a a guitar that sounds as good acoustically in a room as, as, as the stuff that prestige makes um i recently we had a little falling Ooh. out with this one. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, every once in a while, I get a little, uh, I get a little excited on stage, and things tend to fly around. So, uh, this one, this one hit the grating <laughs> the other night, and uh, Hoogie and Drew uh, uh, spent, I think it was within 24 hours, man. The headstock was replaced and was back on it, and I was playing it the next night. So, so he, he must tour with clamps and everything. Yeah. Blue. Yeah, have to. It's got blue. Yeah, again, it's never, uh, it's never like an intentional thing. Like I, I have this, I, I'll never smash an instrument, right? I think instruments have a, a purpose and a soul and I would feel like a total dick yeah. if I like smashed some instrument knowing some kid would love to have that thing yeah. right? or something like that. So, but I will, I am rough on them, you know? Like I like to give them some love and, you know, it's never out of like malice or anything, but I did get a little bit, uh, little excited the other night with the, the, the Gracie stand just went over. As know? the energy pours out, you know, things happen. Yeah, that's right. But uh, but again, man, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about Prestige as a company and, and as people. That's that's a huge thing for me is, is personal relationships. And all of my anything I anything that I use, anything that I put my name on, I have a personal relationship with with those companies like SIT. I mean, those you know. You've been Ed, with them for a while. Yeah, Eddie and those guys, man. It's like again, it's like I know them. You know, it's not some big. You know, I'm, I'm not just I'm not going through. An A and R guy, <laughs> to get, <laughs> who happens yeah, to be here, get, who happens to be here, uh, you know, to get to them. They're they're they're, qual they're quality human beings, and uh, you know, Ampeg's another one. You know, I, I know I can call them directly and just uh, you know have great conversations with them, and and you know, Firm and Power, same thing. Um, you know, as I'm saying these names, I'm thinking of the people. Yeah. Know? So I, I love that, and Prestige is, is family. Yes, family's right on board with that, and and uh, really really quality instruments. Too, so. Well, awesome, Eric. Uh, congratulations on the Thank signature, you. man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. We're going to go through the rest of your rig. Let's do it. We are here with Hoogie. Hoogie, how you doing? Good. Good, good to see you again, man. Good to see you as well. He's the Canadian Super Tech. Is that what Bubbles calls you? Yeah, I guess at one point, yeah. yeah There's yeah. some footage out there of Lamb of God. 
to throw up uh, a Canadian reference that people might know from Netflix, uh, Trailer Park Boys, near and dear to my heart. Perry loves them. Everybody but loves a little Trailer Park Boys. We're not talking about friggin' off, we're talking about gear. <laughs> So let's dive into what Eric's using. We well, got a little bit of everything. We got a little bit of everything. He likes to keep it simple, like he, he said. Uh, basically, from the basis, we've got the, uh, we're still rocking the Sure UR4Ds. Absolutely. I haven't gotten away from that. I got three channels of uh, bass and one channel for his acoustic. Okay. Uh, from the acoustic, it goes into a uh, Neve DI. Bass, it goes into the uh, radial JX44. Uh, as you see, I got one, two, three options. Uh, Number four, I have a 100-foot cable in case I need to run that out. Knock on wood, I've never had to use that in eight years. Okay. Uh, from there, basically, uh, it goes to the out. I got amp one and two. Amp two is just a backup. Amp one is his, uh, his clean tone, and then uh, it goes over to the dirty rig. Uh, we're using the Mojo Tone Deacons for the dirty uh, into the uh, ISOCAB 112 on top. Uh, we're just using the DIs on everything. We're not using any mics over here, so... The cabinets are pure for load and and uh, monitoring over here to now, make sure it works. How much has this changed? I'm since the last time we spoke in, Man, in you Iowa. Guys, that was like 2013, I think. 2014. Last time you saw these guys, uh, he was he was with a different brand. Yeah. Uh, I came back in 2014, 15, okay. and we basically he wanted to change everything up. So he's been with uh, Ampeg using the uh, SVT7 Pros since. Since then. 2014, since then, he really likes them. Uh, and then uh, we incorporated the uh, Deacon into the mix. I think it was uh, the beginning of Attention Attention. Okay. Uh, sort of built a relationship with them, and they were pretty cool with uh, helping us out. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, we got the two heads in here. It also goes into the radio tone bone. If one goes down, I just hit one button, and he's good to go. Safety net. Yeah. Now, I'm not familiar with the Deacon. I'm assuming it's tube. Tube. And I assume yeah. it's uh, bass-specific yeah. or bass it's, voice? No, it's, it's guitar-specific. Okay. It's guitar amp. Eric has always, in the studio, whatever we do, I've been fortunate to do the last two records with the guys. He always runs his bass through a guitar rig. He loves that extra, especially for the heavy songs. He, uh, he'll he turn on a guitar rig just to thicken it up, right? Hmm. And Zach's soloing and whatnot. He's always, whenever he records the heavier tones, like he said, he likes that Thunderbird pickup sound with a clean amp and a guitar rig. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's always, I think back then he used to use Dean. Yeah. Or, uh, the Dime or something. That's like right. He used to use, but yeah. So Mojo Tone's uh, what we're using now. And then uh, for gating it, we're using the uh, the new Rev G8. So that's pretty great too. The one question that me and Perry had, uh, suck knob, what the hell does that do? That's just, you know, when he's having bad days, I'll <laughs> turn it up a little bit. When he's having good days, I can turn it down a bit, you know. It comes with every rig. <laughs> well, everyone sucks at some point or not, so you got to have it there. He has a few pedals. Tell me about those. His pedal board's real simple, man. Uh, out there, it goes from the, uh, he's got the radial, JX44. He's got the SJI on his pedal board. Uh, it goes from a uh, tuner to a, uh, we use the uh, Digitech bass whammy, the blue one there. That's his, uh, we use it purely as an octave pedal. He doesn't even use it as a whammy. It seems to be the best octave pedal we've we've tried them all can't find anything else that recreates that low end for him and yeah because i noticed that one and i'm sure perry has a photo up there of it kind of the way it sits it, on the board yeah, you're not going to get your foot on it it's rotated and then i got a block shoved in it so it's in the uh, heel position foolproof yeah or foolproof yeah so <laughs> so yeah so he doesn't step on it and get that high sound that we don't want yeah right? and then uh he's got a baseball on there and then uh we have a we just added uh for this tour a uh, MXR carbon copy, the little mini one. 
So the base wah and the uh, carbon copy are mainly for like jams, stuff okay. like that. He'll turn them on, something fun. Kind of like you know a feel. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So so he'll uh, he'll utilize those things throughout throughout that, not as much in the songs. Gotcha. Well, I mean, lean and mean is the way here, and I uh, appreciate you, appreciate Eric. Uh, everyone out there, stay safe, keep rocking, and check out Shinedown.